Welcome to BrainStuff, a production of iHeartRadio. Hi, BrainStuff. I'm Lauren Vogelbaum, and this, this is another classic from our archives. In this episode, we consider coffee, which I am drinking as I write this intro. Every few years, it seems, there's another round of mildly sensational headlines about how it's great for you, or the very worst. So let's break down the science. Hey, BrainStuff, Lauren Vogelbaum here. Coffee is a beverage with lore and legend as rich as a double caramel latte, but far more contrary. An advertisement from the first coffee house in England promoted coffee as good against sore eyes and excellent to prevent and cure the dropsy, gout, and scurvy. But in the early 1700s, Germans believed the beverage made women sterile. But an old wives' tale states that if bubbles appear in your java, you're due to come in to send money, which wouldn't be a bad thing considering the price of a cup of these days. In more recent times, another idea took hold of the public's imagination regarding coffee, that it had the power to stunt a child's growth. But just as a pot of coffee boiling over doesn't actually mean that it's going to rain, which was a thing that people thought at one point, the assertion that the drink makes for a nation of hobbits has been proven false. How coffee got associated with this myth is cloaked in the espresso steam of history, but most experts agree that it has something to do with an early study linking caffeine to reduced bone mass and osteoporosis. Those studies, however, were conducted on elderly people whose diets were lacking in calcium, which could easily have explained the loss of bone mass. Subsequent studies showed that women ages 65 to 77 who drank about 18 ounces of caffeine daily did have greater bone loss over a three-year period than those who did not. But the effects occurred only in women with unusual variations in their vitamin D cell receptors, and the effects were completely mitigated if the women ingested their recommended daily 1,200 milligrams of calcium— Focusing exclusively on children, a more recent study tracked 81 teenagers for six years. The result? There was no difference in bone density between the biggest buzz catchers and those who drank the least amount of caffeine. But just because a cup of joe won't keep your little joes and josephines pint-sized all their lives doesn't mean that there isn't cause to be concerned about children and coffee. These days, coffee creations can seem more like a dessert than a simple pick-me-up in a cup— The Starbucks menu includes such treats as a mint mocha chip frappuccino blended with chocolate and topped with whipped cream, while Dunkin' Donuts offers up vanilla bean culottes that list corn syrup not once but twice on their ingredients list, along with sugar and sweetened condensed skim milk. So, although it's been proven that there are relatively minor health issues associated with caffeine, jitteriness, anxiety, heartburn, insomnia— It's actually the other ingredients that are added to coffee, especially sugar, that have nutritionists worried— It's no secret that America has a burgeoning problem with childhood obesity and diabetes, and 860-calorie-packed drinks like the large culotta are not helping. This is particularly troubling when, according to the National Coffee Association, 18- to 24-year-olds represent the fastest-growing segment of people turning on to coffee every year. In addition to expanding young waistlines, coffee can cause the mouth to dry out, which contributes to tooth decay. The problem is compounded by the fact that the tannic acid in coffee can stain teeth enamel, giving some grins an unwanted mochaccino tinge. And coffee doesn't just affect the health of 20-somethings. Pregnant women are also warned to consume no more than two cups per day. Researchers in England found that pregnant women who drank more than 200 milligrams of caffeine per day, the amount in two average-sized cups of coffee, were more likely to give birth to underweight babies— Lower birth weights can also lead to spontaneous miscarriages, another health concern with which caffeine has previously been associated. 
But if you relatively limit your caffeine intake, drink enough water, get enough calcium, and don't add shovelfuls of sugar to your java, the health benefits of coffee may far outweigh its negatives. Far from being the devil's drink, as coffee was once called by Christians in the 1500s, study upon study has proven that coffee can have health benefits. At one time, coffee was thought to have negative cardiovascular effects, including heart attack and abnormal heart rhythms. Although it does cause minor and temporary increases in blood pressure, according to an Iowa women's health study that tracked 27,000 women for 15 years, those who consumed one to three daily cups of coffee reduced their overall risk of cardiovascular disease by 24%. It was also once thought that coffee could be a major contributing factor in pancreatic cancer due to a 1981 Harvard study. However, coffee's role as a carcinogen has since been disproven, and current research has shown that it can help ward off breast and uterine cancer in women. But wait, there's more! A study of over 125,000 members of the Kaiser Permanente Health Plan showed that heavy alcohol drinkers cut their risk of cirrhosis by 20% per cup of coffee per day. And even among non-tipplers, coffee has been shown to slash liver cancer risk. And two global studies have shown that coffee reduces the risk of type 2 diabetes, sometimes up to 50%. Even better, those beneficial effects are related to chlorogenic acid, which is found both in decaf and regular brews. However, excess consumption of anything, including caffeine, is never a good idea. The magic number for coffee's benefits seems to be between one and four cups a day. So while the old wives' tale about coffee stunting your growth isn't really true— Another piece of traditional wisdom certainly is, all things in moderation. Today's episode is based on the article, Will Drinking Coffee Really Stunt Your Growth? on HowStuffWorks.com, written by Michael Franco. BrainStuff is a production of iHeartRadio in partnership with HowStuffWorks.com and is produced by Tyler Klang. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. 